Hey, welcome to the Apologetic Fun in 10 podcast. Alex Davis here, and you've decided to join me on an incredible journey where we sit and defend the gospel against false beliefs in the world today. I'm currently pursuing my master's in Christian apologetics at OBU University, and you are about to have a bunch of fun learning how to defend and know the truth of the gospel. Let's go ahead and get started, my friends. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining me again today, guys. I am really excited to talk to you. As usual, I'm going to just explain to you a little bit about our topic and dive into some scripture. Get ready. This is a good one. So the topic of today's episode is the false belief that we need a following to make a kingdom impact. Now, obviously, this isn't in scripture where we see we need a following to make a kingdom impact. This is more of a cultural belief that has been embedded in our churches and in the culture in general that to even make an impact in this world, we need to have a following. We can see this on social media. We can just see this as acknowledgement and knowing of individuals in even our own town, wherever we might live. But it's definitely abundant throughout just any type of outlet that we might see. Every human, so it seems, desires to have a following and so that they can make an impact. And if they're a Christian, they want a following and they believe they need a following to make a kingdom impact. I want to share with you a piece of scripture that very greatly opposes this belief that we have created in our own culture. So if we look back in John chapter 3, We can see a small little snippet of John the Baptist. So throughout this gospel, you know, we are seeing the beginning of Jesus's ministry and we're seeing him spending time with the disciples. So if we read in John chapter three, we begin in 22 and we're seeing that John is baptizing people. And so we see in John 22, it says, After this, Jesus had his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. So Jesus is sent to the same area that John is baptizing them. His his people that are also coming to him to be baptized because John is so too called to baptize people. John was baptizing near Salem, because there was plenty of water here. I want to pause right here because it says there was plenty of water here. It is so important for us to see this right here because I fully believe that this is noted with a great detail that it wasn't a competition from the start. Jesus was baptizing as well, but that's what he was called to do with his short life and his three years of ministry on earth was to baptize and to share the gospel and to make known his father's name upon the earth. 
But so too, that was John's call. John was called as his disciples came to him saying, hey, look, Jesus is over there baptizing. Everyone's going to him. And John says in verse 27, no one can receive anything unless has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Do we not see John's perspective here? I mean, it's hard to overlook it. He was living out of humility and pointing his life to Christ. He knew that he was sent ahead of Christ, sent ahead of Jesus to point to his life with his own life. He rejoices by knowing the groom's voice, Jesus's voice, and pointing his life to Jesus. So his joy is complete in decreasing so that Christ might increase. Well, then how do we live our lives by decreasing so that Jesus might increase? Does this mean we think lesser of ourselves? No. No, it doesn't mean that we just think of ourselves as the scum on the ground. Rather, it just means that we think of Jesus more as opposed to thinking of him lesser than ourselves. We love him out of the abundance of our heart. Our hearts are inclined to want to have a following, to want to be known, to want to be seen for what we're doing, creating, cultivating, saying, whatever it is, our flesh wants to be recognized. I know I do. So this status and this example that we see in John the Baptist in this gospel is one that I believe we should take. We should take this stance of walking in the joy of our joy being complete in Christ. Yeah, John had a following, but he had a following for a stance, for a time, because he was pointing his life to Jesus. And God had predestined him to be in that position to point to the Lord's coming. When the Lord came, I guess the attention kind of left John and went to Jesus. But that was the whole point. That is so too in our own lives, guys. We are not called to have a following. And we can't make a following happen in the blink of an eye, obviously. But that following is not going to basically project our kingdom impact. Where we are in life right now truly points to where we are supposed to be in order that we might glorify Christ. So if you're in a place that you know that you need growth and you know that you need to grow, then keep growing. If you're in a place where you know that there's a desire in you to do bigger and better things or to walk into something that you're called to do, keep walking, keep persevering, keep pursuing. 
Does that mean that you have to have a following? No. We don't even know some of the names of missionaries overseas literally changing people's lives, sharing the gospel with people and making such a kingdom impact. We don't even know their names. We don't even know where they are because if we knew where they were, they might be killed. Like there is so many people that we will see in heaven and the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant to individuals because they relentlessly served their communities, relentlessly served their families and honored God with their lives without having a following. So why do you need a following? Why do I need a following? I, we don't. We don't have to be like the cool hip pastors. We don't have to be like the incredible, you know, theologians and philosophers. We don't have to be known and well-established to make a kingdom impact. That goes opposing to the gospel because if we truly look into the gospel and we look at our creator, Jesus was actually completely rejected by man. He was rejected by us. He came on earth and sure, he gained some sort of following, but the ones that followed him ended up killing him and putting him on the cross. They murdered him. So the way that we are to live our lives completely opposes as to the inclinations of our flesh to gain fame, to gain a following. I know I find that quite often. Sure, I've written a couple of books and I love writing. I have this podcast. I'm pursuing my master's and I desire to be known for some of the things that I'm creating. But I also know that when it comes to creating, we are creating for our creator and not for the glory of our own flesh. Friend, I hope that you can be encouraged to walk in the gospel confidence today. Know that you don't need a following to make a kingdom impact. You can make an impact no matter where you are in life right now. No matter the transition, no matter the limbo that you might feel that you're in, the Lord can use you and he is using you. Just open your eyes, dig into the word, read this passage. I urge you, look into John chapter 3. 22 through 36 just sit with these words sit in this passage and just read the words inspired by the holy spirit i believe you can be changed please continue to do this life and honor your creator in the way that you live i love you i'll talk to you next friday go defend the gospel